And I mean, like, everyone's trying to tell me their issues, and I'm like, bitch, can you just cue up my drum? Welcome to Rebel Girls Book Club. I'm Harmony. And I'm Maggie. And we're here to take an intersectional, feminist approach to books from all over the spectrum. Bestsellers, we've got you covered. That one book from English class you hated while you read but you can't forget? We've got that too. Comic books? Nonfiction? It's all right here. So grab your tea, grab your blanket, and let's get rebellious about your favorite new reads. Hello, everyone. I am Harmony. I'm Maggie. Welcome back to Rebel Girls Book Club, where this week we're live on Instagram. How exciting. Yeah, we're practicing. So today we wanted to do one of our break fun apps. And this episode was kind of inspired by my need lately to read with my ears sapphic holiday fiction, which I mostly failed miserably at. And Maggie, do you want to give us an overview of your feelings about the books that you'll be presenting today? (laughs) You make it sound like I have these like horribly negative feelings. I just don't have that many holiday specific recommendations. It's a place in my life that I'm lacking. I think it's because I'm not really a mood reader. So I'm not ever really looking to gear up what I'm reading with whatever the season is, and therefore I don't tend to gravitate towards holiday-specific stuff. So I've got a couple holiday-specific things that are on my radar, and then most of these recs are just kind of winter vibes, you know? I think that's a good idea. I only have a few holiday recs on my radar as well. I'm only reading one of them, and most of them are things that I associate with holidays. So I'll be the Scrooge this week, which is my usual life anyways, so. Good, good. Before we start, I just need to show you, I did wear my reindeer, my reindeer sweater. I should have worn Bah Humbug. What a missed opportunity. You are very Bah Humbuggy. I feel like that would be good. That would say a lot. So... Today we're going to be engaging in something librarians call reader's advisory, which is, as Maggie kind of alluded to, not not necessarily mood reading, but I don't know about you all. Sometimes I come to Maggie and I'm like, I really need this. Maggie's really great at reader's advisory. I don't know if she knew this term before, but she really missed her calling as a librarian, which she hates when I say. So I'll be like, I need this very specific thing. I'm a big mood reader. A lot of it is usually witch fiction because I am who I am. And Maggie will think about all the books that are on her radar or that she's read or encountered and kind of tailor make a list for me. And that's what we in librarian world call reader's advisory. Usually it's like, I want this sort of thing, but I don't know what. And then we tailor make something for the patron. And my big request this holiday season was sapphic holiday reads that I can read with my ears, which is hard because a lot of the sapphic holiday reads that I ended up finding were only accessible on Audible. And I've canceled my subscription to Audible because Amazon is evil. Yeah, fuck you, Jeff Bezos. Yeah, yeah. So the first read that I eventually ended up finding was The Care and Feeding of Waspist Widows by Olivia Waite. And this is not a holiday read. What happened was I got 
fed up after looking for various lesbian romance novels in my libraries on Libby and not finding them, unfortunately. NYPL and Queen's Public Library, please do better. And I found a Regency era sort of read instead. And there were a few Regency era reads that I can talk about later that were on my radar. I just kind of feel Regency era for some reason reminds me of the holidays. Maybe it's because I decided to do Bridgerton last year. I don't know. Jane Austen kind of has a holiday vibe too. Something about England and like being proper. I don't know. Anyway, this is super cute. This woman finds a some bees in her warehouse. She's a garment maker, I believe. I haven't finished this book yet because the library has taken it away from me, but I plan to. It's good. And she goes over to her friend and her friend's like, who happens to have something to do with bees? She's like, what you need is to go check out this lady. And this lady comes and I think her name is Penelope. She dresses in all men's clothes because beekeeping is her life and that's just more practical to do beekeeping in. And she seduces the hell out of our main character. And it's hot. And that's all I got for you so far about that book. It's by Olivia Waite, if I didn't say that before. I also kind of want to get into a little bit about how I found these. So in my search, I found some great recommendation sites, all of them which have a holiday rec page. So the first is Lesbian Audiobooks. They have a Christmas tag. A lot of them are audible, which is unfortunate, but it's a pretty cool site. There's also lesreviewbooks.com. That one's pretty fun. They have just a ton of fiction. And there's the Lesbian Review. So do you want to go ahead, Maggie? Yeah, I don't think any of mine are sapphic. I'm sorry. You were just talking about how I'm good at this reader's advisory thing. I think that this is one of the first requests that you came to me with that I totally failed you. I could not, (laughs) I did not have anything. But I do have a couple of general holiday romances on my radar. And the first one that I'm actually really excited to try is A Holly Jolly Diwali by Sonia Lawley. The pitch is one type A data analyst discovers her free-spirited side on an impulsive journey from bustling Mumbai to the gorgeous beaches of Goa and finds love waiting for her on Christmas morning. So from what I understand, it kind of starts at Christmas and ends at Diwali. And it just sounds really cute. And I'm always down for a romance that's about somebody kind of uptight finding the greater joy in life. I feel like that was me when I was younger and I identify with that, (laughs) with that kind of character arc. So I'm excited to read this one. It just came out in October too. So brand new release that I'm pretty pumped about. Ooh, that's very exciting. I love that. Okay. So I have all of my reads are sapphic. They're also all very white. I'm sorry, guys. It's just I only picked things that were accessible to me. There are other holiday reads out there, but these are the ones that I was able to find. So the second one is called A Little Light Mischief. Again, it's not really a holiday read. It's another Regency era novel. And I'm going to read the Goodreads description because I haven't actually read this, but it was available in my library and I'm on the hold list. So ladies maid Molly Wilkins is done with thieving and cheating and stabbing and all the rest of it. She's determined to keep her hands to herself. So she really shouldn't be tempted to seduce her employer's prim and proper companion, Alice. But how can she resist when Alice can't seem to keep her eyes off Molly? So this is a novella and cover's cute. And I like the idea of a lady's maid seducing a prim and proper lady. I don't know why. That's a nice little fantasy thing. And I think I found that by searching Sapphic Regency. Very nice. That one sounds really interesting. All right. So my next recommendation is Royal Holiday by Jasmine Guillory, who wrote, oh my gosh, she wrote a really famous novel. 
The Date Swap, I want to say. And this is a book that came out in 2019. And if you've been listening recently, you'll know that I made the bold claim that royal anything in a romance isn't really my thing. And I stand by that. But the reason I think that this one might do it for me is because it's following Vivian Forrest, who has the opportunity to go out of the country on her daughter's work trip. And she meets Malcolm Hudson, who is the Queen's private secretary. So it's it's not really royal. It's royal adjacent. And I think that might do it for me. Also, this is one of those things that starts right around Christmas and then has to end or figure their shit out by New Year's. And I am not super into insta-love, but I do think that there's something fun about kind of high stakes like that in a romance setting where it's like, you know, you're suspending your disbelief anyways a little bit. So I'm really excited to read that one. And it actually just dropped into my e-reader from my library. So I'm going to be checking this one out real soon. So if you keep listening for the next couple of weeks, I'll probably have a review shortly. Wow, that's wonderful. I love that. I want to read that. I love royal romance. <laughs> I also feel like it's holiday-y. Something about princes and princesses. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it all just kind of fits together. So I figured I'd throw it out there for you all. If you're more into royal romance than I am or reading holiday fiction, I don't think that that's one of her more famous books. So now you know it exists. Okay, I've got another, I've got an insta-love recommendation too. This one I found on YouTube by searching sapphic audiobooks. I didn't even, I took out the holiday altogether. I had given up at this point. It is by T.B. Merkinson and it's called The Setup. And it's modern day and it's probably new adult, I'd say. But a 20-something goes to Britain because, I don't know, she's there for work or something. And her old best friend slash ex sets her up with one of the ex's exes. And apparently they fall in love hardcore. I've only started a little bit of it but it seems promising so far. And again, it is a novel, Bella. But what's cool is that T.B. Markinson, I discovered by looking on this person's website, I don't know their pronouns, probably she, her, because they write a lot of sapphic fiction. Holly and Ivy is another book that T.B. Markinson co-wrote with Miranda MacLeod. And the description sounds really exciting. And I really wish I could have found this in my library, but I couldn't which is sad. So Holly Lovelace is a multimillionaire tech genius and the CEO of her own company. But if she can't come up with a brilliant innovation and convince her investors that she's back in tip-top shape by the end of the year, Holly could lose everything she's worked so hard to build. Ivy Winters is a social worker on an island that's a vacation paradise during the summer months, but suffers from a lack of economic opportunity and the scourge of addiction the rest of the year. When the promise of a huge grant falls through, Ivy loses hope of helping her community. Sad. When Holly and Ivy meet, sparks fly, but it's hardly smooth sailing. After their one-night stand ends in disaster, both decide they'd rather spend the cold months ahead sleeping alone. However, it soon becomes undeniable that each woman possesses something the other needs. Working together, they just might get what they want and find the love of a lifetime along the way, but only if their insecurities and secrets don't destroy them first. Dun dun dun! It looks really good and I'm really sad that I can't read it with my ears. I'm sorry that you can't read it with your ears. I hope that once school is over, maybe you might have the opportunity to read it with your eyes. Maybe, we'll see. That's a very small window before Christmas, you know? I might not be in the mood anymore by the time I get my hands on it. Fair enough. My next one is called A Fake Girlfriend for Chinese New Year by Jackie Lau. And I mean, this is fake dating. I don't know if you know this about me, but I am obsessed 
with the fake dating trope. I love it. It does it for me every single time. I don't know what it is. I think it's the awkwardness of friends to lovers mixed with the other kind of awkwardness of idiots to lovers because if you're fake dating you probably should have been real dating in the first place and it just does it for me so the premise of this is after his family's matchmaking extravaganza at thanksgiving high school teacher zach wong is terrified of what his parents might do for chinese new year surely they'll try and set him up yet again especially now that his older brothers are in relationships zach however has no interest in dating not since his fiance left him the solution, find a fake girlfriend to avoid his parents' matchmaking. So then he kind of proposes this situation to a friend of his that he's known for years. They bonded over their broken engagements. And, you know, fake relationships start off fake, but by the end of it, they start to feel more and more real. So I'm real, real excited with this one. And it's also a part of a series called Holidays with the Wongs. I only just realized that, so I don't actually know what the first two are about, but fake dating is my thing, so I'll probably start with this one anyways. That sounds amazing, and I love the fake dating wreck, and I actually have a fake dating wreck too, but I'm going to make you wait for it, because I have another wreck that I haven't actually read, but that I really want to read, and I thought that Maggie actually got her hands on it, but that's not true. So... Maggie told me that she recently got a nice, I think it was a sapphic read that has to do with oranges or mangoes or something. What is the name of that book? Oranges Are Not the Only Fruit by Jeanette Winterson. I see, I see. Okay. And I heard that and thought that it was the same book that I had come across in my quest to find sapphic holiday reads called Mangoes and Mistletoe by Adriana Herrera. And I also just want to say this book is not solely white, which is just like, yes, yes. And it makes me sad that I can't, I can't read it with my ears. I think my library did have this book. It wasn't able to be read with the ears. And yeah, it looks really good. There's a pastry chef. There is a woman who I think is taking care of her mom. And the cover's really cute. And I just really want to read it. I don't know anything about it. There's a one bed trope, apparently. There's a review about it on thelesbianreview.com. So you can all look it up there. It's on my radar. I want to check it out. I've heard that one's really good too. That's on my radar as well. Ooh, okay. All right. Do you have any other recs? I do. I have many other recs. Okay. I only have one other rec, so you can go ahead first. Do you want me to do a couple then? I can run through them kind of fast. Okay. Yeah, sure. So my last one that I haven't read yet is Every New Year by Katrina Jackson, which is a romance that kind of spans 20 years. These two people get together on New Year's Eve and then kind of the timing is wrong. And I think the premise is they sort of, you know, rekindle every New Year's Eve, but then for whatever reason, something doesn't work out until in 2019, they finally make it work. Except for I'm sure that there's drama in that anyways. But I just thought that was really cute. It's, you know, very much the opposite of insta-love to have a romance that goes for so long and I feel like I don't see a lot of those very often and I feel like just the concept of seeing somebody once a year for so long and things almost being right is actually really a cute but be relatable so I'm I'm pretty pumped about that one that's also my last one that's kind of holiday specific at all no that's not true actually I've got one more that's more holiday specific which is Landline by Rainbow Rowell I read this for the first time Quite a few years ago, it's not Rainbow Rowell's most famous book. It's got kind of mixed reviews, but I really liked it. And it's about a woman who, right before,
before she's supposed to go with her husband to see their family for Christmas, she tells her husband that she can't go. She's a TV writer. She's really busy, really career driven. She's been putting her career over her family for a really, really long time and not really understanding the toll that it was kind of taking on both her husband and her children. And that night she picks up the phone to talk to him, but she ends up talking to him many years in the past. So it's kind of this miscommunication trope with a big spin on it about the importance of work-life balance, honestly, but it also deals a lot with the tension that women have put on them about dealing with a work life and a family life, especially when you work in a really high octane, high pressure industry. This one's a little bit sadder, but it does take place around the holidays. And I really liked the ending. It's got that little bit of magical realism. So if that sounds interesting to you, I really enjoyed it when I read it. I didn't know Rainbow Rowell wrote adult fiction. Oh yeah, she writes a mix of adult and YA. That sounds awesome and very exciting. All right, do you want to do more recs? I have a couple that I'm like really excited about, but these are totally just wintry books. The first is The Snow Child by Ewan Ivy. And this is actually one of my favorite books of all time, but I will say I'm also kind of biased because my husband hid a ring in this book when he proposed to me. So like I was predisposed to like it already, but it's this really heart-wrenching novel about this couple who always wanted to have children and weren't able to. And they just kind of live this quiet, beautiful little life together in the wilderness. But every winter, a little bit of magic comes and a snow daughter is kind of made for them. And it's about this really beautiful tension between them and this little girl who's created by the snow. It's this really quiet, heartwarming, heart-wrenching story about family and like discovering what makes a family and how that's not always traditional. And I think that even though it doesn't necessarily take place around the holidays, those kinds of themes tend to give me holiday vibes. So I really love that book. And highly recommend it. Oh, that sounds beautiful. I want to read that. That sounds so magical. It's really magical and really heartwarming. I read it right after the Christmas season a couple of years ago, I guess in 2017, on my way home from Christmas. And I just read it in all in one sitting on the flight back from my parents' house. So to me, it really speaks to that whole season. Now, is it something anyone could read in like a six hour flight? Or is it that is that special to Maggie? I'm just just asking for other readers. <laughs> it's like a 400 page book. So I guess take that as you will. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I, I don't know. I read really fast. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Got my final recommendation. And I, I saved it for last because it's a happy story for me on my journey for lesbian holiday fiction. Perfect. Go for it. Okay. It's called Written in the Stars by Alexandria Bellaflor, which is... A popular book that I think I've seen recommended quite a lot. It's new adult-ish, I would say, as well. Maybe maybe it's just proper adult. I just think anything in people and characters that are my age now is new adult because I refuse to accept that I am an actual adult. And it's a romance that happens to take place during the holidays. The one thing I will say, it takes place in Seattle, too, which is kind of fun. That's where I live. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's also a fake dating story. And the one thing I will say that's kind of like a miss for it is I don't see a lot of diversity, at least not if it's there, it's not something that's apparent to me. 
And again, I do read with my ears, so maybe I'm missing it. And there's one scene that I'm not sure is problematic or not, where they're doing shots of sake. Like they put sake in sake beer and they say something in Japanese, but I think it's two white girls saying it. So yeah, just, you know, warning before you go in. Other than that though, it's pretty cute. And I think that it might be kind of playing a little bit with the Pride and Prejudice trope because the main characters are Darcy and Elle, and Elle is short for Elizabeth. I, w- I would say strong yes on that one. Yeah, and there's a sister named Lydia and Jane, but I don't know, it differs too much. So it's really hard for me. I- it took me half the book to realize that Pride and Prejudice was a theme in here. So it's not one-on-one. There are a lot. There's a lot changed. It's not a true modern retelling, I would say. But it's cute and it's holiday and I found it and it's on, it's at my library, but I couldn't find it available to me right away. So I got it on Scribd instead. So it's available on Scribd as well. Very nice. I will leave you, I think, with three really quick recommendations that are all wildly different from each other. The first is going to be a mystery thriller. It's called One by One by Ruth Ware. And this is a murder mystery, essentially, that takes place in a ski chalet after this this group of investors in a major company that's kind of a spoof of Spotify all get isolated there. It really worked for me. It was like really tension filled. And it's definitely one of those books where you feel the winter in it. You feel the cold, you feel what they're going through. And I really enjoyed that. So if you're looking for something totally different and just want to feel the winter, the winter situation, highly recommend that one. I would say similarly from a very different tack, City of Thieves by David Benoff, which is about two boys who save their own lives during the siege of Leningrad after they're arrested by cutting a deal with the person who arrested them to secure a dozen eggs for a Soviet colonel to use in his daughter's wedding, which was nearly impossible at that time as the city had been completely cut off from supplies for months by the time that this story takes place. It's really short. It's funny and historic and scary and heartwarming all at once. And I haven't seen enough people talking about it. So if you're looking for a short read that again, just really makes you feel the cold Russian winter cold, that's your, that's your move. That and the Winter Night Trilogy by Catherine Arden, but that's a a different story. And then I guess the last one I'll leave you with is The Night Circus by Erin Morgenstern. I feel like everyone and their mother has already read this book, so I'm going to keep it pretty short. But the circus arrives without warning. No announcements preceded. It's simply there when yesterday it was not. This is a magical realism slash fantasy story that's really just whimsical with some of the most beautiful writing ever a very sweet romance in it. It's not the center of the novel, I would say, but it's an aspect of it. A really nice found family aspect. And I haven't read this book in a couple of years, but to me, it has a very winter vibe. Historical fiction takes place in England. To me, all of those things together feel very wintry. And that's actually probably a book I'm going to be rereading really, really soon because it just feels perfect for this time of year. So I will leave you with that because I have a couple of more, but I think that those are all the like, most prescient like this fits this this understands the assignment sort of books you know yay love that i love that i love those recommendations i love winter reads so are we done i think we're done 
All right. And next week, what are we coming out, out with? I think it's Miami Book Fair. I think it's Miami Book Fair. So if you guys aren't aware yet, Harmony and I moderated a panel for the Miami Book Fair this year, which was super fun. We talked to three wonderful middle grade authors and you'll get to hear that conversation on the podcast next week. Yes, and we're releasing it right before Christmas in case you have any young people in your life who want awesome fiction because these are all great reads and we recommend that you buy them. Yeah, and they're also great crossover reads. They really held up for an adult audience too if you're the kind of person who also just likes to read middle grade but are an adult human. All right. Goodbye. Bye. Don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher app. You can support this podcast by going to anchor.fm slash RGBC and clicking the support this podcast button. Our episode schedule can be found in our show notes or by going to our website, rebelgirlsbook.club and clicking read along with the show. You can follow us at RGBCpod on Instagram, at Rebel Girls Book Club on Facebook, at Rebel Girls Book One on Twitter, and you can email us at rebelgirlsbookclub at gmail.com. Our theme song is called Pretty Boys Make Me Feel Ugly, and it's by The Gaze. See you soon, and remember to read rebelliously. Rebel Girls Book Club is a part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts.